Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the inaugural episode of At Nerdvana Live. Uh, At Nerdvana Live is a weekly video call-in show streamed via YouTube and Twitch and available as an audio podcast later. My name is Randy Pitchford, and I am your host today. My co-host, co-host is Elisa Melendez. Uh, she's the new ma- media manager for Gearbox Software, and we're currently broadcasting live from At Nerdvana in Frisco, Texas. This place is really cool. You can kind of see people hanging out in the coffee shop. At Nerdvana Coffee and Shop is an incredible coffee shop. It's in Frisco, Texas. It uh, features curated, locally roasted, single-source coffee and is also a board game shop. Uh, There's a free lending library and a wide floor of gaming tables where you can bring your own games uh, to play. They don't force you to buy theirs. There is a retail shop. You can buy games, but it's really all about the coffee. They also have incredible Texas toasts, uh, paninis, and other great stuff and snacks. Uh, I prefer the decadent sipping chocolate, which I have here. Which is not a regular hot chocolate. It is a sipping chocolate. It's pretty sick. What they do, I I, I found out exactly how they make this because it's like normally when you think hot chocolate, you think powdered uh, chocolate powder mixed in hot water, right? It's like Swiss Miss stuff. This is not that at all. They start with a legit chocolate ganache and they emulsify it in superheated, creamy, milky stuff. Like cream and milk, basically, oh. and it's 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 ridiculous. It's like drinking a chocolate bar. It's amazing. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's not very thirst quenching, but it's about the tastiest thing I've ever had. The other cool thing about this podcast booth is it's actually sitting kind of halfway between the coffee shop and the sister business, which is at Nerdvana Food Plus Spirits. It's right next door, and it's an awesome video game themed bar and restaurant. It's got a scratch kitchen, craft beers, custom cocktails. They've got tons of booths, each equipped with video game systems from retro classic like Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis, all the way to modern machines like Sony PlayStation 4, Microsoft Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And I'm there all the time playing games uh, with, <laughs> with friends and family. And, uh, and in fact, uh, our, po- our podcast, it's broadcast live from this windowed booth. It's sitting on top of both these things. So if you're in, in the house, you can see us working here. Uh, but after the show, in about 90 minutes, we'll be having dinner in the At Nerdvana restaurant. Yay! So if you're in the area and you'd like to meet either Elisa or myself uh, and have dinner uh, with us and the crew, uh, you're welcome to come by and say hi and stay for some incredible food and drinks. Uh, by the way, I highly recommend in the restaurant the Hadouken beef. Ooh. It is legit. Have you had the Hadouken? So it's it's spicy. Yeah, well, you don't have to have the Hadouken sauce. Ah. But if you, no- if you notice, like Hadouken, of course, <laughs> is the move from Street Fighter. And if you notice when you order it, the, the, um, the arrangement, the presentation uh, is such where it's these strips of Japanese beef that are like it's a filet cut. And it's, a- it's absolutely incredible meat. And these, there's three strips of this. And they're cut and they're laid out such that the first one's pointing down. The next one points down at an oh. angle to the right. And the third one points to the right. And then the Hudukan sauce is at the end. So it's down angle right punch. Oh, it, the, the presentation of the of food course. is the move to do, perform Hudukan in Street Fighter. It's pretty rad. And I say this with the most complimentary form ever that is the nerdiest thing i've ever heard it is right <laughs> and and the restaurant's full of stuff like that it's uh, it's a lot awesome. of fun um but yeah so so if you want to come and hang out with us after the show we'll be there in about 90 minutes so if you happen to be in north tech north dallas uh, anywhere near frisco you're welcome to come by and uh, and say hi uh but right now we're doing the show so let's get on to it uh Yay. this is a live call-in show yes um you should see the number on your screen yep. if you'd like to talk to Elisa and I about 
anything, you can call in and we'll get you on the air. Look, I'm comfortable taking any kind of question. I can handle <laughs> it. I'm a big boy. Um, the only thing that I ask is that the goal is to be respectful of the audience, yes. right? Because we're trying to entertain people. Maybe uh, some folks might find this interesting or insightful, at the very least, entertaining. The format for the show is that the host and co-host will chat. We'll chat for a few minutes about something topical, um, something interesting, hopefully. And then that'll kick things off. And then we'll go to the phone lines and take calls. Uh, so anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. <laughs> this is a live show. And I'm kind of hoping anything does. I want to see I want to see what, what you folks have for us that might be interesting. I'm excited. And You're right? Um, <laughs> now... Uh, I am, um, I just learned, uh, before we get to it, I just thought we should, I, I just wanted to get one thing out of the way, because I literally just learned a few minutes ago that some shit went down mm. in Texas, yeah. and uh, a tragedy is unfolding, and I wanted to say that my heart breaks, and my deepest sympathies and best wishes go out to anyone affected, uh, and it's tempting to focus on it. Uh, for a minute, but I'm going to respectful, respectfully stay on topic, uh, f- mostly because I'm just woefully ill-equipped uh, mm-hmm. for the inevitable politics and policy discussion. I am totally apolitical. I, I've never voted. I don't have a party. Um, I decided long ago that I would commit my life uh, and dedicate my life to entertainment. I, I made this decision because our world is dangerous and scary, and I think that joy and happiness is what makes it fun and worth living and gives us gives us some value. Uh, it helps us you know, get through. So I've committed myself to trying to create joy and happiness, and while I might not always succeed for all of you, <laughs> I'm made, I've made it my life work, and I'm yeah. going to keep swinging at it, and creating joy and happiness is also what's behind the show. So let's get started. Elisa, what's going on in, in nerd world, in video game world, in pop culture world that you want to talk about? I feel like speaking of joy and happiness, I feel like we have had just an onslaught of things that have brought so many people lots of joy in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I feel like... You're talking about entertainment, content? Oh, yes. Media, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not, you know, we had three critically acclaimed... They all did pretty a- well. ...amazing games drop on the same day. Uh, that would be uh, Wolfenstein 2, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which I am getting into. Cause good, I right? just got a Switch because okay. I just couldn't take okay, it anymore. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's interesting that, m- that Mario Odyssey got you there. That's yeah. so great. It's worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been waiting. It's, I feel like with a new console for me, I used to treat it like I used to treat albums back when I used to buy CDs. Uh-huh. Back in my day. <laughs> compact discs. Um, where Because CDs used to be expensive. And back when I was buying CDs, I was young and had an allowance and I didn't have a lot of money. So I would say, okay, if I like more than three songs... On this it. CD, then it's worth it. I'll buy the whole thing, and I'll probably like plan. everything else. So that's kind of how I treat new consoles. I used right? to I used <laughs> to calculate my video game value by dollars per minute or dollars per hour, and huh. I used to compare the net result to like other forms of entertainment. Like, did I get more uh, hours of entertainment per dollar spent with this video game than I would have? For example, if I went to see a blockbuster movie or bought a CD or something. Right. And lately, I mean, video games kill it. Yeah. Every time. Yep, every uh, time. At least the good ones. <laughs> yeah, so then, so then, you know, I, I really wanted to get the Switch. Um, then I said, okay, cool, Zelda, cool. But that's one. And then I saw Splatoon 2 came out, and I said, okay, By that's the way, cool. You, have you played Zelda? No, I haven't. Okay, so now that you have a Switch, once you get through Odyssey, go ahead and get it. Your brain and your heart will love you for the rest of your life. It is amazing. 
and if that was the only title ever launched for the Switch, it would have been worth it for me. By my same metric of dollars yeah. per hour of entertainment. Good to know. Yes. Yeah, so then as soon as Super Mario Odyssey came out, I'll admit I'm also kind of a sucker for this too. So Odyssey was released, and then they announced that there was a Switch bundle with Odyssey, but then it also had two red Joy-Cons. Mm. And I don't know if you noticed, but do? red seems to be a thing, and I, I, I couldn't resist. So then so at that, that point, it. enough of a catalog had built up, and then Stardew Valley 2, okay. which I also yeah, hear yeah. is amazing. Enough of a catalog had built up, and two red Joy-Con equals, I, I, I had to have it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's interesting that that worked on you. Like, that's never... The, the the gimmicky like bundles and controller colors that's never been that's never worked on me but I'm glad to know someone now I know why they make those now I know why it happens yeah and it was a good deal because if I had gotten a switch and then I wanted to get an extra red Joy-Con and then I had to buy the game and then it also came with a case so for the value and for the happiness I was gonna get for having two matching red Joy-Con it was it was it was all worth it and so far Super Mario Odyssey is. It's great, right? It's awesome. <laughs> it's really great. It's really great. I, I'll tell you what. I love everything about it. I think the, the the cappy mechanic is clever. Uh, I get it's they've simultaneously they've used this. If you haven't played it yet, Mario has a hat, of course, but now he can use this hat, and it simultaneously is a weapon and a mechanic for possessing, uh, I guess, sentient but not always sentient <laughs> yeah. creatures. Like you can, there's certain things in the game that if you throw the hat on it, the hat will stick on it, and then you can control it or get a perspective from it, or some other kinds of interfaces happen. But um, this is batshit crazy, insane stuff. Uh, it doesn't matter. It works, and it's great, and it's marvelous. And somehow they've managed to take Mario and turn it with the hat into a third-person shooter. Uh, and I'm <laughs> down with that. I'm down with that. Didn't even think about it like that. But I'm it's down totally with it. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with it. Um, you know, I, I've always been. I've always had a special fondness uh, in my heart for Nintendo and for Mario, and it's. It's pretty cool that they're still going for it. You know, um, I think a lot of folks. A lot of game makers might feel um, fatigue, feel like maybe the audience wouldn't be there mm. if they keep iterating on the same thing, right? Because the, this Mario Odyssey is very much in the line of Super Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine, and that, that it's in that lineage, right? Um, but I think that iteration is how we find quality. And if the game experience is fun, uh, it's okay it's okay for it to kind of double down on what makes it fun. One of the things I hate the most is when there's a franchise I love and they're going to do like sequels and they try to do so much new or different that they kind of ruin what I loved about mm -hmm. it. And uh, that, that happens over and over again. And sometimes it, the consequences of those decisions kill studios. Um, uh, don't don't just kill franchises, but kill studios. My brain went to Dead Space, um, um, which I loved. I loved the Dead Space, and they they just changed too much, trying to make it new or trying to reach a different audience. And I, I think they should have embraced the audience that loved them for what they were. But you know, every one of the things we have, uh, one of the things that's neat about this world is any one of us can create things. And if we think we can do better than someone else, we could bitch about it, or we can just make our own stuff. And so uh, I know a lot of people like to bitch about some of the decisions we make, and that's fair. But, you know, I was I was that guy, too, and that's kind of why I got into game making is uh, instead of bitching, I'll just do it my way. 
and uh, I'm going to do it my way, and some people like it and some people don't, and other people can do it their way, and uh, that's how we do it. Um, but, you know, the other launch was Assassin's Creed. Yes. And those guys, they, uh, I remember they came out, the first Assassin's Creed came out a little after um, we had launched the Brothers in Arms games, and we were working with Ubisoft uh, when that franchise was created, and it was such an exciting um, kind of new thing, and it's really neat that they've been able to um, stick with it and find ways to innovate, innovate in sort of the setting and the environment, but still kind of maintain the core of of what makes Assassin's Creed games. Get. Have you have you started playing um, the the Egypt Assassin's <laughs> Creed yet? I have not started playing Origins. Um, our 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 tech over there has started playing, um, and and he showed me the map and zoomed out, and I said. I don't know if I can. I don't have time. I don't have the time. I'm like I'm, I'm already stressing out about the amount of moons I'm gonna have to capture in Super Mario Odyssey, and then to just to know that there's this whole other Egyptian fabulous world to explore. Like my, I there there are not enough hours in the day. Right. I can't. Uh, you know what? We find them though. I I will say this. Um, I am similar. Uh, there's I I you know I spend. Every day we have to wake up and decide how much of our time are we going to spend making new things versus consuming the things that other people do. And I, I tend to spend most of my time making new things, but um, I, I, wanted, I want to consume it all. And so I, one of the things I do is I sample a lot. Like there are games that mm-hmm. get me and I just I, – I finish them. Mm-hmm. But most games I don't finish. Most games I sample and get enough where I feel like, okay, I got it. And then I – and then I – go somewhere else um there's just too many options uh but um everyone has uh everyone has a different way about this what what system um so besides the switch which Mm -hmm. has mario odyssey before the switch what system do you play the most on xbox right on and you know what's interesting i in the last generation i was totally i was mostly an xbox guy because of gamer score, basically. <laughs> I was just totally, a, uh, I was a gamer score, uh, whore, uh, is the correct term, I believe. I believe that's the appropriate term. But, uh, now I, uh, I play a lot of PS4 and I'm playing a lot of PC. Uh, I play a lot of PC games. Um, mm. and, um, the, the thing that I like about PC is that's where there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of indie stuff coming out. Um, and But, man, I would not want to be an indie title right now because last week we had, you know, or we had uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. We had uh, the the Wolfenstein game, mm-hmm. and we had the um, we had Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And then this week we've got the Call of Duty game. Have you played it yet? No, I, I haven't not. yet either. I'm looking forward to it. They, they went to World War II. Um, I, I love that subject matter, obviously. Mm-hmm. I immersed myself deeply in Brothers in Arms when we were creating that franchise, and I'm currently, you know, working on new Brothers in Arms stuff that I'm very excited about that, you know, we haven't announced yet. But, um, it's, I'm very curious to see how they approach the subject matter. Um, I'm sure, as always, their multiplayer game will be solid. Mm-hmm. I, I can't compete, so I don't really play a lot <laughs> yeah. of Call of Duty multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do uh, appreciate it, and I, I tend to try it out a little bit, get my ass kicked, and kind of see what's <laughs> going on. Um, I remember back in the day, uh, I was able to compete, and now it's just not, not possible. 
Yeah. I so, can't what do you think? Good. What time is it? Should we uh, should we see uh, should we see should we talk to somebody? Sure. We get on the Let's line try here? it out. Right. Um, hey, if anybody's watching, please call. We got a, we got a screener that will will boom, get boom, you in the boom, queue, boom. and we'll we'll. I'm totally stoked to talk to you. I'll answer any question you want. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, um, don't don't use the chat because I'm not looking at it. <laughs> call in. Uh, it's totally fine. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, and um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take this this call. Let's see who we've got here. Narancia. Ooh. Let's try. It. Okay. Hello, Narancia. Is that hi? Is that who this is, Narancia? Yes, that's Narancia. Hi, hi. There. Oh, hi, hi. Nice. You're from, you're calling hi. from San Francisco. This is Randy. You're on the Hello. air. Yes. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Okay, uh, so how's yeah, your uh, how's, you. yeah. how's your weekend going? Pretty good, pretty good. And, you know, I'm about to go eat. But then I realized, that, oh, this show's going on. I've been checking it out. You know, oh, I wow. I have a question for you. Well, thanks for, thanks <laughs> for sticking around. Before, yeah, well, before I ask the question, just want to say I'm a huge fan of your work. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. all the work you did. And I love, I mean, ever since uh, Jignu came 3D, I've been following you around. Wow. You know, since I was a little kid. And um, Borderland, um, Borderland, Battleborn. It, all the stuff. I'm really a big fan of this. And I want you to keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And thank uh, you. we all got your back and behind you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for the call. That's, I feel like that yeah, was, uh, that I, yeah, I, I, I did not expect, so, I did not expect such a nice call as the first <laughs> call, frankly. I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm really kind of hoping somebody challenges me, but I, I'll take the praise and the flattery. <laughs> I'm yeah. down for and, that. Uh, yeah. And also just, uh, just real quick, favorite Battleborn character will be Shane, just so you know. Okay. So, yeah, keep up with Shane. I got okay, it. Yeah. I Cheers. My question is actually a my question is actually a personal question about you. Okay. And it's an urban it's an urban legend around you. Okay. So, I talked to so many like journalists, critics, and stuff like that who they always go in a bar after a convention and stuff like that. Then they always meet you at a bar like some like this uh, like a coincidence. Okay. Like they will chat with you, share some drinks, share some stuff. And then there's a story that goes that after a meeting like this, if they ask you to do a magic trick. You'll do a quick one on the spot. <laughs> Is this true or not? You know what? So I, you know, I used to be a magician, and uh, a lot of people know that. Used I, to be. I, well, I mean, I professionally, like I, I literally paid yeah. my way through college uh, performing magic in Hollywood, and um, and yeah, that that exact thing has happened uh, multiple times where I'm out with people, and somebody will just, uh, you know, and and what's funny is I I. I stopped doing magic uh, professionally uh, because I thought my favorite type of magic was close-up magic, and I was I felt kind of limited in how many people I could reach at a time, and I was also you know programming computers and making video games as a hobbyist. Uh, I didn't realize that could be a career, but once I figured that out, uh, I thought, wow, this is a way where I can reach a whole lot more people and, and, and my entertainment could kind of reach new meaning. But I love magic, and I think I credit everything I know about entertainment uh, to uh, being a magician and to performing for live audiences and consuming live entertainment. Uh, live entertainment is a, is a whole new thing. But, yeah, I've done that. I have I have done impromptu magic at uh, bars and restaurants during game conventions uh, because I've been asked to do it. That has happened. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah, so that, does that mean that if I ever do meet you in real life, you will do a magic trick on the spot? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, now look forward to it. Yeah, I usually have a deck of cards on me, but I also can, you know, I can 
do it. There's some things I know that can use just any ordinary thing. You know, somebody's got a dollar. Yeah, well, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right on. Okay, so, you are, so you're a gamer. What what yeah. kind of what kind of games do you like? Um, I, I, I oh, really yeah. appreciate oh, the praise about the the Gearbox stuff, but what what other kinds oh, of yeah. things do you dig? Well, yeah, well, actually, my main attraction with um, you know what type of game I like are the games that um, I want to say not really break the mold, but you know how for a long time, for the past like eight years, we had this brown scale looking game with always the Average grunty Joe character, shave hair, and like I was an action guy charging mm-hmm. in. You just described Dick like Nukem. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, well, I guess also Dick Nukem was the first. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I really like his games that try to defy that by mm-hmm. making like a whole bunch of fun, roast of characters, lots of yeah. stutters that has, uh, you know, I mean, not gonna say like in game humor, but you can tell the love and personality the people behind the game make the uh, do. They do put it behind the game. That's I'll but tell you what. Like re- that's great to yeah. hear because uh, we love that. Like it's so much fun to just invent people and invent <laughs> characters, and uh, you yeah. can you can see. And what's cool is it's a the way we do it at Gearbox is such where kind of the idea or the um, uh, the the starting the seed of it can come from anywhere. Um, I'm working on a, a new character right now for a game that's in development that hasn't been announced yet um, that that I can't really talk about. But I'm working on a character that was actually inspired by our lawyer, by our general counsel. Oh. Um, like he's not even a game developer, but he can't. This guy can draw though. This dude has some art chops. Really? And yeah. Oh. But he 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 came up with this character and he just started doing him like just sort of impromptu. I'm like that is the funniest shit I've heard in a long time. <laughs> like, so I just sort of, you know, took it and started riffing it in a weird way. And, uh, and I'm, I'm working on this right now sort of as, as, as a goof. It'll, it'll probably be like a side thing. It's not going to be like a main, um, uh, you know, it won't even be, it won't even be crazy Earl level involvement, but it'll be something and hopefully, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm having fun with that. But like, it comes from everywhere. The process that we went through to hear character pitches and kind of figure out which characters we were going to make for Battleborn was just one of the coolest, funnest parts of game development I've ever uh, witnessed. And, uh, and, and it's so nice to be in a place. I'm so glad that the culture we've all created together, obviously I have a lot of accountability for it, you know, being the head of Gearbox, but it's really everybody has created a culture where the games that we make are are our games. They're not like my games. I'm a very small part of a big machine, and uh, and you can feel the personalities of the creators uh, in the work. And I, I'm I'm really excited that I think if that wasn't the case, I probably wouldn't be at Gearbox. Uh, but that's one of the things I love about about it. Um, and I'm glad that you see that and that it comes through for you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, just um, same same trend stuff. You know, that's why I've been a huge fan of Gearbox for all these years. And awesome. I hope you guys keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Well, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. And uh, it sounds like I kept you from eating. I don't know if you're going to stick around and listen <laughs> to the rest yeah, of I'm this. Yeah, I'm getting hungry here. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> you're probably, lunch. I'll, I'll let you go. I could talk to you for a long time, but I'll, I'll let you go. Thanks for your call. I appreciate you. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, you know, that was a really nice yeah. start. Like, yeah. I, you know, when I when I did this, I kind of committed myself. I thought, you know what? There's a lot of people that like to tear down the work we do. And I think that, to me, I've always been able to um, 
uh, I felt I've been able to channel that into a positive thing because I know that when I consume entertainment, if I don't care about a thing, not only like, I'm just not even going to care. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's no chance I'm going to want to attack it. Uh, so, so the, it, I always kind of think, well, people that might have issue with some of the things we do, um, that means we got to them. <laughs> We got to them. They really, really care. But I was kind of, I was kind of pre- like preparing myself for that kind of call. Um, so was and, I. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, a part of me kind of hopes that call happens, frankly. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see, cause I think like people, um, when you engage personally, you might have a different kind of interaction than, um, you know, that, than when it's a, di- a distance. But that's so cool that, that, that he noticed, uh, that there's different, developer personalities that mm-hmm. come through in our characters yeah, definitely and um what do you like what what characters um do you, have you felt that with gearbox games because <laughs> you've been at, you've been in gearbox what now about, a like, year about, about a year right a year. so so a whole year. um and i'm assuming you probably played a, one or two of our games uh, before joining gearbox you know a smidge okay so like um, did you feel that could you feel the personalities of the creators in in the content or so I um I don't know if you noticed, but I do have an asymmetrical haircut that happens to be red. Sure, okay. And I Is have tattoos. Why? Yes, yes, it's because of kidding? Lilith. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes, I got Holy my haircut crap. because of Lilith. And you didn't tell us that during the interview process because no. you thought we'd that would be too creepy. No, because it's pandering. <laughs> because it's pandering. But literally That's you, awesome. No, literally, um I would I would Bill Borderlands as the game that brought my marriage closer together. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's legit because You know what's funny yeah. is Borderlands brought my marriage closer together too. My wife and I game together and uh we couch co-op and that's I yeah. think that's I think that experience whether you're playing with a loved one or a family member or a friend, I think that experience of couch co-op is profound. And once you've had it, it's like the best kind of gaming in the world. And I think experiencing that is why we've really started, um, why we've really started and committed to so many co-op games at Gearbox. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's definitely hard to go back. So we have a setup where it's two TVs and two consoles side That's by so side. That's so great. That's even better because you don't yeah. even have to split screen. You each exactly, get your full screen. Exactly. Exactly. I have the same thing at home. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you can pull it off, I That's highly recommend awesome. it. It's awesome. Yeah, because then even even when you know we're not playing the same game, we can still kind of tap into what the other person is interested in. Um, you know, and, and and sometimes there's a little bit of backseat driving that happens, um, and that's okay because it's still time we spend together. Together. Yes. You know, instead it used to be, you know, there was like Counter-Strike over here and World of Warcraft over here. But then as soon as we found something that kind of had elements yes. that we both liked yes. that we could play together, then that kind of changed the whole the whole game, literally and figuratively <laughs> for us. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. So um, I want to take another call. I notice I'm like fidgeting with this. Wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are your cards? That's why Where I brought cards the back? cards so that I, I have something. <laughs> I, I can't. Back? I can't just sit idle. I have to be. I know. Doing I know. I know. You're not monitoring the Twitch chat, but every once in a while, I have a look, and people have people on the stream have definitely noticed the cards, and they're oh, kind okay. of wondering if there's some sort of payoff um, with the cards. Uh, I would. They're just. <laughs> this is just. This is my fidget cube. This is my fidget spinner. Is is cards, but. Um, uh, before the show's over, I'll do a trick for you, if, ah, if, or I'll do it for the audience. Yay! Um, but uh, and I'll make something up. But let's let's take a <laughs> caller. Let's let's see what happens cool. here. Um, I'm gonna take this one right here. Been waiting for a few minutes. 
Hi, uh, Christian. This is Randy. Uh, you're on the air. Is this Christian? Yeah. Awesome. Hey, hey Christian. Thanks for coming. You're calling. Uh, you're calling from Florida, right? Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, what What questions do you got for us? What would you like to talk about? Uh, about Borderlands. You want to the talk about Borderlands? You want to talk about the new Borderlands? What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah. have any specific question or just anything? Yeah, I'm Florida. Florida. I'm sorry. I'm a huge fan of you and the Pitchfork. You oh, have thanks. done a great job. Okay, and uh, and so you like Borderlands? Uh, when you wanna release uh, then a new teaser or 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 trailer? Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I see. So here's the deal. I'm gonna hit you straight. A new, here. a new teaser or trailer? You want you want a new trailer? You want something? Um, I'm gonna hit you straight here. Are you ready for this? This is the benefit of a call-in show. Um, yeah, a lot. I like Wilderness a lot. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Um, so it's a team effort. So the credit is really due to the team. Um, but I'm going to hit you straight about what we're doing. So um, I have mentioned that, of course, we are working on more Borderlands. There's there's a lot of work going on at Gearbox right now. Um, and uh, But uh, we haven't announced anything new yet. And uh, I'll tell you why. It's really, really important to me when... When we have the control and the freedom uh, to make sure that we do not announce anything unless uh, we've already got it. Um, There's a lot of pressure in our industry sometimes to um, share things before we're ready. And uh, when things are in development, things will change. And we have to we have to figure it out and get 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 the game together. So I want to uh, I want to make sure that all of the games we're working on and we've got a few things going on. I want to make sure that we don't announce them until we're ready to announce them. And and each you know thing kind of has a different kind of metric for that, um, a different kind of threshold for that. Uh, but we've earned kind of a, the right with uh, some of our franchises to make sure we've got it uh, before we expose what it is that we've got. And I think that's really important because the minute people see something, they start setting their expectations around mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and um, commit themselves to what that is. And I, I don't want to be in a spot where while we're still making and we need to make changes and people um, uh, people might be disappointed with some of the decisions we make and we are a team full of artists and creators that are going to make decisions in real time about our art and uh and i've I've been in situations in the past where i've been compelled to talk about and announce products way too early and uh i want to avoid that where i can so we're so for everything that we haven't announced yet but that you or other people might anticipate that that we're probably working on uh please please oh yeah uh, i got you Please appreciate that um, we kind of want to figure it out and make sure we have it before we um, before we share it. But I, I appreciate the interest. I mean, there's nothing that, that thrills me more than people that love our work so much that they want more from it and they can't wait for the next thing. So, um, yeah, so, so thanks. Thanks for calling. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Christian, thanks for calling. I'm excited. That I'm yeah. I'm glad you're I'm excited. excited 
speak to you around the pitch for. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Well, thanks. So where in Florida are you? Where in Florida are you? And um, thanks for the answer. Okay. Huh? All right. Cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> I was so gonna, much, I was gonna make sure everything's okay. I know that there's been a lot of weather the, uh, this summer season down there, and I just wanted to make sure you guys are okay down there. But um, thanks for calling, Christian. And I will uh, maybe I'll talk to you some other time. I appreciate oh, it. Thanks. Um, Tampa. Living in Tampa. Oh, oh, so you guys are okay. Yeah. Great, man. Tampa's good. Well, that's all right. I, I haven't. I've never been to Tampa, but I've been to Orlando a bunch, which is nearby. Uh, because you know the other thing I'm kind of nerdy about is theme parks. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! That'll that'll be a whole other show. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Well, thanks for calling, thanks, Christian. Christian. All right. Thank you. All right. Hey. Well, that was interesting. Um, man, just love. Yeah. I, 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 one of the things that's excruciating for me when we work on games that we haven't announced yet, like obviously we're doing cool stuff and we sometimes get really excited about the stuff we're doing and I'd love to share everything the second we're doing it. But I know that, you know, if we're going to keep figuring things out and changing things that aren't finished yet, I don't want to disappoint anybody. And I've, I've kind of caught that in the past. So, you know, I I thank thanks everyone for giving us some slack Mm -hmm. when, when we do announce future games that haven't been announced yet, uh, that, that means we're we're ready. And it Mm -hmm. also means we have it. So you can trust that, uh, at that point, we're gonna we're gonna come with it, and what you see is what you get. Um, the uh, uh, the let's see, let's I've got another caller here. Let's try Ooh. this one. Um, let's see, let's try this. This is a I guess this is your handle, Natsumi Ryu. Natsumi Ryu, is that yeah. you? Hi, thanks for calling. Yeah. <laughs> this is Randy. Welcome to the show. Hi, you are <laughs> you are live. Uh, All right, thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, right on. Oh, pa- apparently you're uh, you're a neighbor. You're in the uh, DFW area. Yeah, yeah. I've actually I've been to Nirvana a couple times. What? I also enjoy the sipping chocolate. There. Oh, isn't that amazing? Awesome. You just reminded me. I'm going to have a sip right now. There you go. <laughs> Let's have a sip, before it's cold, it turns into solid chocolate again. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's still good. I think you're right. <laughs> Oh man, the thing, the other thing I love doing, like I'll, I'll get a typical lunch for me is to get a decadent sipping chocolate and um, the Texas toast with the the ham and Gruyere on it. Ooh. It's like the most amazing thing I've ever eaten. There's like this savory um, kind of really light spread of a spread on the toast, and then they put the ham and the Gruyere cheese on it. And it's like the the best thing I've ever eaten. It's I don't know why it tastes so good. The paninis are pretty good too, but that's yeah. like that's like my lunch. Since Nerdvana is so close to Gearbox, like you come to Nerdvana oh. and you're gonna see Gearbox people all the time. Yep, it's dangerous. So, <laughs> so what's going on? What what what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? So I actually um, I'm actually a representative from the Twitch chat because hey. oh. non US people in the Twitch chat you and are a, couldn't call in. You you are. So I a, said I would call in for them. That's amazing. So Bless you. You've self designated as the as the Twitch representative. There's people I guess that <laughs> uh-huh. wanted to. Okay, cool. Well, I'm down. What awesome. do you, what what do the people of Twitch want to talk about? So first off, Magic Touch sixty nine says hi. <laughs> <laughs> also nice. All right, I you know what's funny? I I um the very first uh, not very the, the the first level cap that we had maximum level cap in Borderlands one uh, was sixty nine, 
And for a long time, uh, on Twitter, I only followed exactly 69 people. Nice. And, you know, some people like, oh, I'm just, you know, perv. <laughs> and look, there's no denying that 69 is a sex thing. But here's the thing. Life's short, it's man. Beautif- Find joy no, where no, you no. can. Here, here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. It's beautiful because everybody's having a good time. That's the great thing about that number. It's everyone's involved. There's give and take. And this is what entertainment's all about. It's a relationship between the entertainer and the audience. And we're all in this together, baby. So I really appreciate Magic Touch 69. And I will say hi back to you. Nice. Ma'am or sir. All right. Yeah. <laughs> or something else. So his, his main question, since yeah. people were already asking about Borderlands 3 and Brothers in Arms, was actually that um, if you guys plan to release the old Duke Nuke Forever builds, I guess because another company was um, uh, releasing... Let me see here. i got to scroll back up a little bit. <laughs> Devolver Digital released oh, yeah, a yeah. whole heap of builds of Shadow Warrior well, they, a while ago. So he was wondering if it's possible to release Duke Forever builds. Oh, man. I would love to go. You know, I worked on Shadow Warrior. Did you know that? I was. Uh, I, I did half of the shareware levels myself in Shadow Warrior. What? The original, uh, back when I was at 3D Realms. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I worked with Keith Schuler on that project and Stephen Cole. Both are at Gearbox now. Both working on, uh, both have worked on the Borderlands series, for example, and other games. Um, so, um, so uh, big picture. I did a, I did a, um, a live chat with a bunch of folks yes. from the Duke4.net forums, and those people are like the the most awesome Duke Nukem super fans. Those guys. They, you know, I always feel like I owe Duke Nukem my career, you know, because that was really the first commercial product I worked on as a game developer, Duke Nukem 3D with uh, Alan Blum and Level Lord and uh, those guys and um, and Dirk and all those guys. And um, and uh, I, I think that it, to me it's really, really important. Um, I One of the things we talked about that, you know, as, as much as I can make a commitment in the context of that, but one of the things I talked about was that there needs to be, in my opinion, a definitive package of the past. Mm-hmm. And one thing we did recently, um, we launched, when I say recently, like a little over a year ago, I think, we launched the Duke Nukem uh, 20th Anniversary World Tour. Yes. And it it re- kind of remastered the original Duke Nukem 3D, uh, the first four episodes, but it added a fifth el- episode, and that episode was created by Alan and Richard, and that was all new, never-before-seen content, had new music created by Lee Jackson. I mean, it was like getting the band back together. It was awesome. And so anybody that loves Classic Duke should check that out. Um, but that and a bunch of other things uh, were we're in the process of, of, of compiling. And I mentioned on the chat that there, or there, to do that right, to, to meet, make that request, you know, we don't have the publishing rights for Duke Nukem Forever. Mm. Uh, those publishing rights were earned long before we were ever involved uh, uh, by Take-Two uh, for 3D Realms. And when 3D Realms shut its doors and laid off all of its employees, um, they then were sued by Take Two because they they owed the game, you know. So what what our role was, uh, uh, George and Scott 
called me and basically needed a rescue. They they owed a lot of money. They had a, they had some debt and they had um, they had this obligation to deliver this game and they couldn't really do it. And so what we were able to do, uh, we were in a spot where we were able to help them out. And a bunch of the old 3D Realms guys didn't give up, uh, including Alan. Uh, like I think about a third to half of the team kept working on Duke Nukem Forever, even after they were all terminated, they were all laid off. And they were working for free out of their houses. And they kept the game going. And what we did was we fi- we helped finance and organize and produce their effort. Um, so all of the things created at 3D Realms over the last, however, gosh, 15 years, with this leftover team from 3D Realms to assemble, compile, and, and ultimately release their game. Uh, and it was really interesting for me because I was kind of watching from the sideline and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Like I'm not objective at all. Like I, you know, I, again, I think I owed Duke Nukem my career, but I was able to watch this game and play it as they were working on it. And I thought it was just brilliant and absurd and things in it that you can only do in Duke Nukem that, that I thought were just really fun. Um, so I was glad that we were able to help produce that and make sure that game was finally launched so everybody can see what those guys have been working on for so long. Um, but there has been this latent kind of desire, I think, because over the years there have been different trailers and different things that 3D Realms had put out uh, that to the public that was looking at those things, they imagined that uh, that they were there were there were full games behind those trailers. Um, like there was a trailer in 1999, I think. Was it 98 or 99 or 97? Somewhere around there. And then there was a trailer in 2001. And those particular trailers, the first one was on the Quake engine, the second one was on the Unreal engine. Those trailers, I think, led to this belief that there was a game that you could play that people wanted to play. Mm. Um, but... And and I I do think that we, with this compilation, if I can get the rights squared away, the compilation should include everything Duke Nukem, including Duke Nukem Forever, and I think it should include some of those, or as many of those materials as can be compiled. Um, and we we've got a lot of that stuff. Um, but I'm I'm deeply afraid that that people are going to be very disappointed because there was never a game. Uh, those trailers weren't games. Those were they were bits of content and technology that were put together to, to render scenes that looked like gameplay, looked like they were indicative of a larger effort, but that was basically it. And yes, some of it is interactive and playable, but when it's not playable in the way we imagine playing a game. Uh, the best version that there ever was of Duke Nukem Forever is the version that shipped, and it's the only version you can play as a game. Uh, but the other stuff, you can certainly be interested. It's almost like... Um, like forensically, you know, interest. It's forensically mm-hmm. interesting, and I hope to get that stuff out there. And we still have some business to do, and um, there's some other complications which I I really can't talk about. Um, but we're we are working on that, and I do think that that deserves to exist in the same way. I was willing to take a hit. It cost. I lost a lot of money. It cost me a lot of money, and I, and some people think I'm bad because we launched Duke Nukem Forever. Um, but I, I think it deserved to come out, and we all got a chance to see that game, and that wouldn't have happened without the effort. And and I'll I'll be willing to take a hit again. We're, we're going to get this stuff out there, um, and uh, and I and I and I hope people uh, appreciate it for what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
But hopefully that answers that question from Twitch. <laughs> do you think I covered it? That was a long. That was a long that way to a answer lot, that question. But <laughs> yeah. What What do you think? Did you think I answered that question? Yeah. Thank Thank you for going into so much detail about it. Thanks for quick taking my call. Um, I see some other people. Maybe we're going to call in for some other Twitch questions. So I think that would be it for me. I thank think, you so much. Thank you. I think people should call. Um, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think if anybody else is uh, out there and you want to chat with me and ask me anything, yeah, uh, let's do it. Um, but uh, thank you for for calling. Is there anything else you'd like to chat about while you're on the line? Uh, I was wondering. Uh, about some different questions I might have. The only one I had, and I know it's super silly. It's not, there's no silly questions. Yeah, there's no silly me. questions, <laughs> just silly people. We like silly. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's the yeah, question? So you know, it, was just, it was like, oh, you guys hired me, that kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> Are you awesome at something that's helpful for game development? Because we're always hiring. Uh, I'm I have a really good grasp of 3D space, so just generic 3D work. Is okay. all, I'm good at all that stuff. Well, I'm I'll tell you, costume. I'll tell you what. Um, we uh, we are always looking for people that can do game development work that are better than we are. So mm-hmm. anyone that has any skill that they can demonstrate, that they can do it better than we can do it, um, whatever that is, even if it's like, well, I can make this texture better than they can, or I can make this model, or I can make this animate, or I can uh, write this code better, or I can do this UI element, or I can build this level, this environment area. Um, if you can beat something we've done, we definitely want you. Um, we are always looking for people that can make us better. Um, every single developer at Gearbox loves to work with people that kick ass. And the only thing more inspiring than making stuff yourself is when the person next to you makes something that makes you want to try harder. And that's we love that so much. So if you have any skill uh, that that you think can you know that you can show us uh, that you can do over and over again that's useful for game making, um, there's a jobs uh, board on on the Gearbox website, mm-hmm. and there's always openings for some specific jobs. But we also have like a catch-all because yeah. there. Even if there's no specific job for what you're good at, you can always give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out the first time, you know, keep checking in. Um, we, you know, either, you know, keep working. If, if you get specific feedback, um, keep working on what that feedback's about. And if you don't get specific, specific feedback, then it just means that, you know, we're busy on other fronts or, you know. And, and look, the other thing, too, that I'll tell anyone that might be listening that, that might hit us up, um, it's it's not a bad thing to keep banging on our door mm-hmm. um, until you get specific feedback because we do get a lot of people. Like, we can't possibly even deal with all the interest. Um, so some of it's persistence. Yep. Um, so there's some of it's luck, but nothing beats just talent and skill and something demonstrable that you can do that's rad that we need. Um, and uh, and we, like, the people that make games at Gearbox, they're hardcore. Like, I work, uh, last week I averaged about 12 hours a day in the office, um, and that felt light to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, the people and the developers yeah. were hardcore. We love, we just love making things. And, and so if you, if that's you, if you just can't not make things, um, then, then you, you might, you might be a good fit. Um, and, and that usually people that have, just have to make a lot tend to get really good at what they're working on. Cause I, there's this other kind of theory I have, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but, um, I don't know that talent is a thing. 
I in my own life, and I again, I I'm my own best, I'm my own data point on this one. I mean, I'm the I can only know my my own life experience, but I know that I tend to do a lot of the things that I like to do, and I tend to do, get good at the things I do a lot of. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah. right. <laughs> so so. You know, some people really want to spend a lot of time. And by the way, this is something also that's similar between magic and game making. I don't know if you know this, Elisa. No. But um, the thing that makes game makers special or magicians special is no one can really imagine that we're willing to put in as much time as we put into the things that we're trying to do. I mean, it is just, it is just an absurd amount of time in the stupidest, smallest details, like ridiculous amounts of time. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, when, <laughs> as a designer, like building a level, like there's times where I probably would spend 100, 150 hours on a room just working on that, that room. And and I'm not the one that would even probably have the highest mark there at the studio. Like it's just insane how much time we'll spend on things. Um, and I think it's because we're all a little broken, <laughs> yep. and uh, probably a little are. crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, we're we're probably insane people. We probably have seriously serious things wrong with us. Uh, I know, like, I, I'm probably also on the spectrum, uh, but the focus helps. The focus helps, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but, hey, thanks for your call. Um, oh, I have to ask you something, if you don't mind. Um, so you're, mm -hmm. you play video games, I'm, I, I take it. Um, yeah, did yeah. you Did you jump into any of the new releases this last week, uh, Call of Duty this week or um, Assassin's Creed, Mario Odyssey, or Wolfenstein last mm -hmm. week? No, I actually, the last purchase I've made was Destiny 2 on PS4, and that's going to oh. be it for a while. I don't really have uh, yeah, nice. a tower for newer things. I'll tell you yeah. what, though, that's a good one. Um, mm -hmm. That's a good one. Um, my, I'm my, enjoying it. Yeah, my, my wife and I uh, uh, both picked up Destiny 2, and there's a lot of, lot of neat stuff in there. It's like... As a gamer, I'm glad it exists, and I'm really grateful, because <laughs> I like, you know, obviously I like games that have similar aspects of that as a developer i'm also really grateful because it's good it's not like the most amazing game i've ever played but it's really good and it's just good enough where i think it shows the world like man like there's a whole bunch of new gamers that are discovering mm. that kind of game through destiny 2 and oh my god we're gonna wreck those people <laughs> like i'm just so i'm just, like i'm so grateful for destiny 2 so um but yeah, I love it as a customer, and I'm I'm glad it exists. And I think you made a good choice. I think, in fact, Destiny Two will probably give you the most, unless you're like a hardcore competitive multiplayer gamer. It'll of of all the games we mentioned, it'll probably give you the most um, in that that value, that dollars to mm -hmm. hours of play ratio that I talked about earlier. Depending on depending on mm -hmm. what you dig, depending on what you dig. Yeah. Cool. Right oh, on. Oh, oh, believe me, I'll I'll get a lot of time out of it. Yep. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hey, well, thanks for your call. Uh, it was fun talking to you. Um, and please encourage other people from Twitch to, to call in. Thanks for thanks for repping the crew in chat. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> thanks, thanks for my call, guys. Right on. Cheers. All right. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was nice of her to, yeah, to call in Yeah, that was really, really nice. Of, uh, I, was, I almost want to just, like, name her as, like, Twitch ambassador. <laughs> 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 just have her call in. Right on. Right on. <laughs> and grab some questions. Oh. 
so hey, if anybody wants to chat with us, uh, call on in, we have and open we'll be lines. happy to happy to answer the questions. The phone number uh, is what is it? Eight three zero five four nine nerd. That's eight three zero five four nine six three seven three. Oh wow, I like your announcer voice. Yeah. <laughs> I did college radio for a summer. Oh nice. <laughs> How was that? It was cool. The only the only place we had um, reception was the local prison. <laughs> um, that was the that was one That's of the only creepy. places that could listen to us, um, and that was that was a fun fun so, time. So we had a lot of collect calls asking asking for requests for your songs. Audience were criminals, pretty much incarcerated, or 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 the uh, security officers trying to help their day pass. Yeah, but the but but the cool thing was, um, and I kind of broke the rules a little bit because for college, you do, you know, that's why I do. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so I. I in college radio, because of certain licensing uh, things, you're not necessarily supposed to play things that are on heavy rotation okay. in major radio stations because we didn't really have the license to do a lot of that stuff. I see. So we would play, we would have an album that was really, really popular, but we couldn't play the hit single. We would have to play something else. That was The you know, B-side? We, we, we could only play B-sides. We could only <laughs> play B-sides. And my last day, I was just kind of frustrated, and I got a really nice email from someone who said that they really enjoyed my selections and they really enjoyed when I would like come in and talk about stuff. Um, and they had a request and they requested Guns N' Roses and we couldn't play Guns N' Roses. And I felt awful. But then I said, you know, it was one of those like, it's my last day. It's the last song of the day. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do this ever again. So... Welcome Screw to the jungle. It. Last song of my set. That's great. Dedicated, and I was like, I, I, it was, it was kind of a lesson because I was like, I'm bringing someone joy, and that gave me just the biggest thrill ever. I'm like, people out there are happy. I'm happy. Let's I love the story. Make people happy. I love. That. So there's a there's a funny thing I learned uh, from of all people, uh, Penn Gillette of ah. Penn and Teller, that uh, sometimes people do stuff on their last day. <laughs> Of work, right? Things that they would not do normally. But the thing I learned from Pendulette, which is really, it's a funny thing to say, because sometimes people don't, they accidentally do things <laughs> that they don't intend to do or that don't go the way they plan or whatever. And it's a, you can make a joke about it. Now, I've not made this joke in my own business uh, because I don't, I, I think as, you know, as the president of the company, I don't think it's really nice for other people to hear me making jokes about people's jobs. But the joke is this. Yeah, I'm sitting right here. That's a funny, <laughs> that's a funny thing to do on his last day of work. <laughs> that's a funny thing for him. To, so, like, let's say, like, Bob, who's not quitting. It's not his last mm. day of work. Like, he's been at the company for a while. He's done a thing. And he met, maybe messes up or does something. It's like, oh, that's a weird thing to do on your last day, you know? That's uh, that's the gang. Um, I, I I like it. I I've never used it at my own job, but yeah. I've used it with other people. Like um, uh, Christy, uh, my wife, uh, was telling me about um, a line cook uh, in the restaurant who um, I think so, I don't bro- broke a big expensive mm-hmm. piece of equipment on accident, and uh, uh, but it was because of. Um, they were kind of goofing off. Uh. And I said, that's a funny thing for him to do on his last day of work. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of shitty, but yeah. I first heard that from Penn, so he gets credit for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, it, and, and it was like, like, like I'd already told them that I wasn't going to do this anymore. And, you know, and of course, this is before I 
you know, learned anything about, you know, ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, you know, coming down to potentially shut down the college radio station because we played one Guns N' Roses song. I don't um, know what any of those things are, but <laughs> oh, I'm kind of glad. Those are music publishers, <laughs> and they are very litigious. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I don't know. It, it was just one of those things where, like, my my desire to bring joy trumped my desire to, to to follow the rule on that you know, you know for those what? three minutes and 40 if seconds if you're gonna break a rule do it to try to create joy and happiness that's that's a good rule to break um yeah i like that i like that uh i don't know i wonder what the biggest rule i've broken was oh i'll, I'll hmm. mm. <laughs> this is being recorded yeah just just letting you know you know what? I should probably let the, the first thing that came to my mind. I should probably let lie because it's still kind of it's still kind of active. <laughs> um, yeah, I just realized something. Oh man, now everybody's wondering what I'm thinking about. I'm just such a jerk. No. such a jerk. So okay, let's let's change the subject then to save me from from giving everyone a clear read that something's on my mind that I can't. I just want to have just like a how many moons? Next episode, how many we're gonna moons, have a little soundboard. Here's here's the subject change. How many moons do you have? Oh, How many moons do you have to already? I think I have 81, That's pretty 82? good. That's not bad. When, like when did you get the Switch? On Wednesday, but I only started playing on right. Friday. Because yeah. you're like me. You have a job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah. we got to work. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of you, but um, I've got about 200. Or so I'm about I'm I'm ready to finish the game, but I don't want to finish it. So I'm, I decided yeah. to go into completionist mode. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm doing that thing where yeah. like I'll I'll I think I finished the first three levels, and now I'm going. You know, I'm kind of backtracking to get more moons before I kind of move on. So I'm kind of just like constantly backtracking, getting more moons and stuff, so that I'm not completely caught out there. Cool, you know? awesome. Um, I I like that too. I'm a completionist. Um, I, you know, I was a 75 star guy in original Mario 64. Like, that's just the way it goes. So I love that this game, you know, did you play Mario 64? I didn't, actually. My, oh, my, my God. I went, I had this huge gap because uh, we didn't have a Nintendo for a long time. But Super Mario World was my entire life. Okay. SNES. And then that one, it was one of those, like, I could speed run Star World, like uh, that whole uh. situation. But then there was a huge gap until uh, Galaxy. Holy crap. Yeah, so I never touched 64. Galaxy, by the way, was one of, in my opinion, it might it might have been the best Mario game until Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it was... It's, it, it, because like, it, innovative, yeah. but it, was, it still had all of those hooks that made you feel like you were there again, like a, you know, Absolutely. just a kid playing a classic game again. Absolutely. All right, should we take another call? Ooh, yeah, let's there's there is a paragraph. Let's, let's, let's take a call. Mm. All right. This is uh, is this Alex from New York? Hey, what's up, Randy? Hey, Alex. You're talking to Randy and Elisa. We're uh, we're live right now. Hello. How's it going? Excellent. All awesome. right. So I I have I have three questions. Three I have questions. One personal question. Can, can I can I and take? Then I have two, can we, can two we, quick questions from from Twitch. Okay. Oh, okay. Can All we right. take them one at a time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I'll ask them one at a time. So. Cool. Um, my my personal question is, and this is related to Borderlands. Okay. Um, and I, I'm not going to try and press you on anything. <laughs> Thank you. I know you said that uh, 
you you you've said you know you're not gonna I'm not gonna try and push you to say anything you can't obviously say. You but, can push me all you want. Um, He's just not gonna get anything. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe you, maybe, maybe you find a magic you button. Not, no. <laughs> maybe you find a magic but, button. Uh, I don't my know. question. Uh, I'll, I'll try to phrase this in a way that you won't get a talking to from your publishing department after this. <laughs> but um, so, as, as I'm sure you know, the Borland community is, is huge, and you you've you've created really a, a great group of people. Team effort. With your game. But, right, thanks. Um, so, as as sort of outsiders to publishing, as the community, we don't we don't really ever know when when we should start getting hyped for a game or not. But would you say that? Right now, as a community, should should we be getting excited? Should we be starting the hype for <laughs> Borderlands, you're, or should we sort of lay off and give you guys time? You're asking me to tell someone else how to feel. <laughs> I I can't. You know, I can't tell anybody what? else how to feel. <laughs> oh man, that's an impossible question. Um, look, man, the um, is, is the timing is the timing right? <laughs> I don't, look, look! I can't tell anyone else how to feel. I, I, um, uh, I have, like, for my own part, um, there's a lot of things I love, and uh, you know, I, I'm always excited about shit. I'm still waiting for the freaking Deadwood movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so, like, I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I don't know when to, you know, I don't know when the right or wrong time is to be excited about the potential of a thing. Um, but, uh, but I will, I will say that, uh, when we have a game to announce and we announce it, then we've announced it. And that's, that means we've got yeah. something to say. So then there's <laughs> something to actually, I, you know, it's, here's what's funny. So, uh, we, earlier we were talking about theme parks and yes. we were talking about Orlando. Yep. And, um, I'm a, I'm a big theme park nerd, but you know what else I figured out? I, I went on a Disney cruise. <gasps> and I've never I freaking, been on one. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. I love the Disney cruise is unfrickin' real. Really? Okay. So Disney announced at their most recent thing they said yeah we're going to make some more boats and for disney cruise people this is a big deal what are these boats going to be called what are they going to be how big are they going to be what what's going to be inside of them like because the themed restaurants and stuff inside yeah. the cruises and all the theaters and all the other cool activities on the boats they're all a little different every time somebody builds a new boat there's new stuff right and and where are they going to sail where are the boat what's what's the idea and and like i want the answers to all of these questions <laughs> i know there's going to be another boat Heck, there's probably going to be a couple of boats because they build them in pairs. There might even be three boats. And I'm, I totally want these experiences, and I want to know where they're going to go. I want to know how big they're going to be. I want to know what the staterooms are going to look like. I want to know um, uh, what restaurants are going to be on the boats. I want to know what kind of activities are going to be on the boats. And, like, I don't – like, I work a lot, so I don't get to do this a lot. I've been on, like I, – I, I take a vacation, like, once every two or three years. And when I do, though, I do it. And so, like, you know, and one of the, I, I gotta say, I love the Disney cruise. So by the time these boats are done, I might be ready for my next vacation. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, I'm really excited about this. And I, my, a friend of mine, 
Um, actually, he's he's kind of a a, a coworker. He um, he's the editor in chief of Genie Magazine, which is the oldest magazine for magicians. If there's any magicians listening that are interested in in magicking and uh, learning about the best in magic, uh, I highly recommend checking out Genie Magazine. You can check out geniemagazine.com or genieonline.com. Anyway, he um, he's the editor of the magazine, and he sent me a link to the story about the new Disney boats. And I was like, ooh, and I could see from the link that it was going to be about that. So I click on the link, and it comes up. And the story, the entire thing is speculation. Like the guy that wrote the story, like it pitches itself like new details about and it's exactly like like a video from some YouTuber we might watch, which is going to talk time. about some game we haven't announced yet that has like it's all speculation, and they pitch it as news. And so this guy's like, I think they should call one of the boats Disney Legend, and I think the other boat should be called Disney Imagination. And this is just some guy just dreaming about what he wants, right? Because <laughs> they have the Disney Dream and the fantasy and the magic and all that. Um, those are the boats that already exist, and I think that these new boats should all sail out of like Texas and Florida so they can all stop at Disney's private island Castaway Key in the in the Bahamas and you know he's got all this all this stuff but it's not it's all spe- there's no actual there's, there's he has no, no information all of the information was conjured in his brain and um who is Disney to tell him he shouldn't and who am I to tell him? In fact, I liked reading that story. Mm-hmm. I was grateful that story existed because I got to dream too. I got to think to myself, no, I hope they don't call the one legend. But, ooh, imagination's a good idea because there's a whole imagination realm in Epcot Center. So you're you know? just writing and your like, own little mini And every dream. one of us, yes. And, and, <laughs> and all I'm doing is creating expectations for myself that will undoubtedly be shattered because whatever they're going to do has to be, by definition, different than what I might imagine or dream of my but own But you were mind. excited and happy. I'm excited and happy for a brief time. So... My answer to you is, I cannot tell you how to feel. (laughs) But I am so freaking grateful that you care about what we're working on. And I'm so, I can't wait to to share all this cool stuff we're doing. And I'm really looking forward to that day. Uh, Obviously, that day is not today. And I know for everyone that wants it to be today, I I know how excruciating that is because I want to get on one of those damn boats like yesterday. (laughs) I want to be on one of those damn boats like yesterday. And I'm, in fact, I might not even take a vacation until these boats are ready. So how's that? How's that for commitment? But I don't, I don't recommend, I don't recommend that you not take a vacation until the next game that you're looking forward to comes out or is even announced. You can take a vacation right now if you've earned it. There you go. So that's my Treat advice. yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> all right. Did you did you want to press me some more? You got another angle on me? I gave you I gave you all that. What else? Do you uh, got? Well, no, no, I, I I completely understand. Okay. Um, my I there's there's a lot of as I'm sure you know. It's the board of me where where it's complete speculation yeah. at this point. Really, you know, people yeah. everyone wants to know. You know, when when are we going to hear about it? When are we going to get to see a teaser? When are we going to you know? Everyone's, you know, haunting the, the if anyone, Twitch chat. If anyone finds out, together. please tell me. Please tell me because yeah. I'd like to know too. <laughs> uh, we, 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 <laughs> when we announce 
for, especially for that franchise, we're going to announce like there's two things that I think people that have been waiting for us to do things for a while. Like one of them is more something else in the Borderlands franchise, and the other one is something else in the Brothers in Arms mm-hmm. franchise. And there are a lot of people that want more Duke Nukem as well and Homeworld and all that. Mm-hmm. But but I think Brothers in Arms and Borderlands are probably the most yeah, demand. Yeah, top two for sure. And um and but in all of our properties where we have the control, where the Gearbox created properties where we have the control, um we're we're going to not announce until we've got it. And when I say got it, I mean like the game's there. Like we know what it is. We're probably post alpha. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mate, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, right. But but I want to I want to announce I want to announce with the promise I want to be able to make a promise that I know will beat. Hmm. So the only way to do that is to already have it. So what else do you want to talk about? Yeah, because you mentioned you had some other stuff from right, Twitch, too. No, no, I, I completely understand it. I, I, I completely respect your attitude on that, and I'll, I'll, I'll be here when you, whenever you do announce it. But I hope I you also are. I have, <laughs> have two quick questions from, from Twitch chat. Cool. Um, first guy from UK wants to know basically about the Borderlands movie. What's, what's oh. going on with that? Okay, now, this is interesting. I, I, I'll, I can talk about some stuff. Um, I have no idea I, what the rules are on this. I don't have a specific muzzle. Um, I do want to be respectful um, because there are some people behind the film. Lionsgate is the, is the studio behind it, and I know uh, they care a lot about the film. And, uh, and then Arad Productions is the production company, and Arad Productions, you know, Avi Arad ran Marvel Studios. You know, Arad created, uh, let's see, Spider-Man, uh, X-Men, uh, Iron Man. I'm talking about the movies, right? The Avengers. And, you know, of course now Disney bought Marvel Studios. But these guys are so awesome, and I love working with Ari um, Arad. And uh, he, he, his ambition is to figure out how to make a video game movie that doesn't suck. Yeah. And to make a big, awesome, exciting movie based on a video game franchise. And I'm so stoked that he picked us. Uh, he thinks he thinks the Borderlands franchise is perfect for that ambition. Um, and he's explained to me a couple reasons why. One is um, that because of the art direction, uh, because it wasn't trying to be realistic, it's kind of like a comic book. No one has a specific actor or likeness in their minds huh. uh, for the character. So it's okay. And we see this in cosplay for Borderlands, right? Yeah. It's okay to see a real person become a character and it totally works because we don't have a real person already in our mind. We just have the graphic art d- direction right. uh, style uh, hmm. in it. So that's one reason. Also, the tone is... Um, this combination between seriousness and irreverence somehow baked together. The main line is always dead serious and on the nose, but then there's this this surface experience to Borderlands games, which is almost a comedy. And that formula is really critical to uh, to the big successful blockbuster films. Like when you look at the comic book movies that do well, there's a serious underpinning to all of it, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of fun. Right. Um, even your biggest action movies, if if the characters don't ever joke around, it's just too much, and it doesn't. They don't do as well as the ones where we get to have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have fun with the premise, and Borderlands allows that. So, and there's a whole bunch of other reasons. So he's really in it, so I love it. So we we worked on um, we worked on a script, and we worked a lot uh, with some writers on a script, and we worked that script, and reworked that script, and reworked that script, and got it. 
it was okay. And then we got some more writers and we started <laughs> over with a new script and we worked that script and worked that script. And I'm feeling like this is, this is starting to be pretty damn good. Ah. This is starting to be pretty damn good. So now, um, the next step is to get more of the team together, right? To get a director involved. And I've had some awesome, awesome meetings. Um, and I, I think that business is actually going on right now. So I, I want to be careful mm-hmm. not to talk about it because right. I don't want to disrupt that business. Um, I, you know, I've, I've had some. You want to get a phone call out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's real. Hollywood's a trick, you know, and, 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 um, the movie business is a trick and I don't want anyone to be able to, like, I don't want to say anything that can be construed to affect a negotiation that's happening. Right. Um, I've had some good meetings with some great, uh, I've had some, no, I've had some great meetings with some great directors that I, I'm, I mean, any number of them I'm crazy excited about. Um, there's a, there's some I'm more excited than others, but all of them are like, holy crap. And so now it's really up to Lionsgate to uh, do some business there, to put to put that arrangement together. And then with that, with the director in place, then we can build more of the team. We'll probably iterate the script some more and, and start some, some pre-production. And uh, and then it'll the next step will be go to a, a green light where production can be green lit and then and then a movie's happening in my experience when the director is hired and committed that movie's probably getting made right that that movie's so that's probably a big getting made so this is this will, so this is a big but we'll see you know it's hollywood's hollywood but um most movies never get made but the way this feels i think this movie's getting made like the more Ari and I and other folks involved are working on it, the more excited we're getting about it and the more potential we see in it. So, and the more, the more, like sometimes the dream is better, but, and, and as things take shape, it, the dream, the reality isn't quite as good as the dream. In this case, reality sh- starting to take shape is actually better than the dream because the dream at first it's like how's that going to work a Borderlands movie is it live action mm, so as yeah. it's starting to be realized it's actually getting better and that's that's a really good sign I'm on uh, like a little hype train right so, now so <laughs> the other the other interesting thing about your question I'll give you some more stuff um, there are some movie things going on with some of our other properties um, that's right very exciting stuff and this is a whole new world for us and for entertainment and I I uh, I, I'm just stoked. It's just really, really cool that someone else would want to, you know, invest the, their energy and their capability and their talent and their resources into realizing, uh, you know, these universes and characters we've created on, on, you know, the Hollywood screen in a totally different medium is just really thrilling. It's I get as excited about it as I get when like uh, there are folks that. Um, you know, licensee will like want to take something we've made virtually and bring something to the real yeah. world as a physical object. Like the the action figure stuff going on that, yes. that McFarlane's doing mm-hmm. is like, oh my god, it's so freaking <laughs> It's so awesome. Um, and so yeah, I, I uh, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Uh, what else is that good? Did I answer your question, kinda? Yes, yes, look. yes, he did. Um, <laughs> I have, I have one more question from Twitch, cool. and uh, this is also from from Magic Touch sixty nine. Nice, <laughs> that um, guy. Nice, <laughs> that guy. He has another question. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna basically quote his question. He asked, okay. "Even though Furious Four is dead, 
can we ever see anything more from it, or is it all property of Ubisoft now? Oh, it, it's so. First of all, Furious Four didn't die; it mutated. Um, mm-hmm. Let me. I'll, I'll actually oh, get yeah. into this a little bit. So, um, when we were working on the sequel to Brothers in Arms: Hell's Highway, uh, Ubisoft suddenly. Okay, so when we let, let me go back in time. Mm-hmm. When we did Road to Hill Thirty, the first Brothers in Arms game, that was just all us. We made this thing. And we, we we at first we were actually with Microsoft, and um, I, I was able to do a deal where I I bought the because you know Xbox One was awesome. The, when I say Xbox One, I'm talking about the original Xbox, the first Xbox. Xbox. It was awesome, but it didn't. It it was of the video game platforms that had like the least customer base. And with Microsoft, we were on that platform only. And, uh, and also they had a lot, of, they had a lineup. And so they, they, they had a lot of titles they were managing. And Ed Freeze had just left the studio. Uh, Ed Freeze kind of started the Xbox, uh, as the head of that group. And, and, and they were kind of looking. So, so like we were, we were kind of hoping to get our product, our title to more people. And they were looking for less things to deal with. So what I did is I negotiated with them and I bought the rights publishing rights back from Microsoft and I and I took it around and shopped it for the original Brothers in Arms game and eventually um, Ubisoft picked it up some other folks were interested in it but Ubisoft was able to help us get a PlayStation 2 version because they had a team in Shanghai mm-hmm. that could develop that so that was that was really what put them over the edge so that began our, our deal with Ubisoft but beyond just them helping with the PS2 version with their Shanghai team which was incredible um, they just it was sort of a side bet like they, they didn't count on it they didn't really have they didn't know what it was going to do and it wasn't their property; it's our property, right? So it was just sort of the side bet they make because they publish and mm-hmm. they, you know, they like to sell video games, and um, and it looked, you know, looked good. It looked really hot. So when we showed it to them, like this looks really good, and Sur- Serge really wanted it. Serge is their um, head of uh, creative, and um, so they, they took it and they published it, and it killed, right? Like it. I mean, the first Brothers in Arms game had higher review scores and sold more units than both the first Medal of Honor and the first Call of Duty, and that kept going. So now, suddenly, this thing that was a side bet was really important to Ubisoft's business. It was now relevant to their business. So what happened was they started getting involved. And when they did the deal with us uh, to publish the the sequel after Hell's Highway, they really insisted on all this kind of involvement and extra control. And, I mean, on, when I did the deal, I was really kind of – grateful for the attention like i'm like wow that means we're really succeeding and they care and i i convinced myself this was a good thing but um their ambitions for the franchise were a little different than ours they they really put a lot of pressure on us to turn it into less of a authentic piece Mm. and do more of like a hollywood kind of thing with it and while that's super cool it wasn't brothers in arms so, but we had worked on that, and and that that's what started to become uh, Furious Four. And this was another case, you know, where announced too early, you know, because it wasn't close to being done. We had a vertical slice, and um, and Ubisoft they wanted to announce it at their press conference at E3, and I said, okay, I'll go and I'll do it. I'll do my job and I'll represent the title, but we're going to use this as a litmus test, really. Like, let's see, because I, I think this is totally wrong. And I told, mm. I told Eve and Elaine, I think this is totally wrong. I think that this is too Hollywood and this isn't Brothers in Arms. And I was trying to encourage them into letting it spin off into being a new IP. Right. Now, I think, in hindsight, they probably misinterpreted my position there. They, they probably saw me as trying to 
move it to a new IP is me trying to take Brothers in Arms away from them. And that wasn't the case at all. I was just trying to do what was right for where that game was going because I thought the game was turning out to be fun. It just wasn't Brothers in Arms. Right. So we we went to E3 and I did my job and I got up there and I you know I pitched the game and let them show the video they made um, and then we had our live demo that we did on the the show floor that um, was our vertical slice and it was awesome um, and, but like all the people that weren't fans of Brothers in Arms um, they're like this isn't or the, all, sorry all the people that weren't fans of Brothers in Arms were like wow that looks pretty neat this is cool I want to check this out the people that were fans of Brothers in Arms were like it's not Brothers in Arms right. So I went back to Ubisoft after E3. It was actually like the, it was like the last night I had dinner with those guys, um, and um, they, they're so awesome. These guys are so smart and they're so great at making games. But it was so interesting because I said like, "Okay, right? See the feedback? I was right, right? Let's let's take Fierce Four, make it a new IP, and then we'll do something else with Brothers Arms." And they're like, "Hey, did you see the feedback? People are responding really good to it, right? Let's keep <laughs> going on Fierce Four. And it's like. We, right, th- they were more interested in the new guy than the 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 fan of Brothers in Arms, and 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 so I thought, oh crap, we have a problem. Um, so then what I did is I, you know, a couple months later at the German Gamescom, I sat down with Eve and I said, listen, I, I think I think we should, I think we should switch, you know, move this. I think we should change it and move it or something, or maybe maybe we have to separate. But this isn't going to work. And they weren't really happy about that. <laughs> uh, and things almost got ugly, but we were able to come to the table and work out a deal. And the deal was, the deal resulted with, okay, they're going to go their own way and we're going to take our property and go our way. And so we, we own Brothers in Arms and we own, technically, I mean, we own Furious 4. Um, but we our heart wasn't really in Furious 4. Our heart's in Brothers mm-hmm. in Arms, mm-hmm. uh, but we did love the game. Of Furious Four, and we loved some of the innovations because what we were doing there was we were really, we were really, what we were doing that was the primordial character shooter. That was the hero shooter. Right. Furious Four was the primordial hero, hero shooter, and so what happened was Furious Four morphed and mutated into what became Battleborn. Oh. And it was that's why Montana is freaking in Battleborn. He was the first character. <laughs> he was actually he's the that's only right. Montana is the only thing that survived <laughs> Furious Four. Montana's in Furious Four. Um uh so Furious Four didn't die, it just evolved, mutated right. and morphed and it became this whole other thing. Hmm. Um and meanwhile what we did is we started up a new effort which was a legitimate, authentic Brothers in Arms, and that effort's ongoing mm-hmm. and we we haven't announced it yet, but that's a different effort. So that's the story of what happened there. And what's interesting, too, is for a while, tension with Gearbox and Ubisoft was pretty high. But then we went on. We did a deal together. Uh, Ubisoft actually distributed the Homeworld Remastered collection in Europe. Uh, we were able to do business that, in that way. So that was that was really nice. So, yeah. So there we go. So I hope that – did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. That uh... – I'm just watching Chad in the background. And, uh, yeah, Magic Touch was very satisfied with your answer. Okay. <laughs> Good. So, uh, oh, so he agrees with me. Thanks for your time, Randy. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate your call. Thanks, Alex. Cheers. Right on. Hey, well, we're almost um, we're almost out of time. Um, you know what? I think I should try to squeeze one more call in. Um, is that cool? I think we should do I've it. Got like eight minutes. I think we should. I think we like should do it. Eight minutes. Okay. I've got a couple of calls here. This guy's been waiting for a while. Um, 
yeah. Well, not too long. Let me <laughs> let me just take it and we'll see what happens. All right. Let's see what happens. Let's say, let's take this call. I'm just thinking about the Hadouken. Hi, uh, Liam. This is Randy. <laughs> you're you're on the air. Oh hi, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's how's your weekend going? Going good. I gotta go back to work on Monday. Oh yeah, yeah. Me, me me too. I hope you're playing lots of games this weekend. Right. That's what that's what I did all day yesterday. <laughs> Yep. So what do you um, uh, I actually had a question. Yeah, I want to I want to oh, hear your question. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, this probably has been asked already, but uh do you uh, have any information uh, about Borderlands 3 that you could share with us? <laughs> uh, can uh, we have just like we need like a sound uh, so have sound you been, thing? Have you, been, have you been watching the show? Have you been listening to what's um, happened so far? You know what? I, I really haven't been uh, able to watch too much of it, okay. but uh, I figured it was asked already, and I just wanted to give it a shot anyway. That's amazing. <laughs> you yeah. miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. No, I that's feel cool. you. <laughs> well, while, while I answer your question, if you want to think about something else you want to talk to me about, um, so uh, there's a there's a number of things that we're working on that we haven't announced yet, and. Okay. Um, uh, I know that I have let people know that there are a lot of people at Gearbox working on uh, future Borderlands stuff, um, but we haven't yep. announced a game yet. Um, and okay. I know, and I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to announcing it. But frankly, it's 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 still too early. We're not ready to announce it yet. Um, uh, and and we want to make sure before we announce things. Uh, that haven't been announced. That when we announce, we're actually we're ready, and we we know what it is. We know what it's titled. <laughs> we know, <laughs> yeah. we know okay. the game. We've got the game far enough along mm-hmm. where we can be really confident that whatever promise we make uh, will be delivered, and 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 whatever expectations we set will be exceeded. Um, and that's that's really important uh, to me. Um, especially, it's it's most important with with where we have the ability to do that, where we have enough control and where we own the IP, where we can, um, you know, we can affect that. Um, so I, I've I've been in the past uh, at times uh, encouraged to show things. Uh, in fact, I was just talking about this with with Furious Four mm-hmm. that that I weren't I wasn't sure we're ready, um, but you know I, I do my job and and I'm always a good partner with our publishing partners, and um and I but but the process when we make games, things change and sometimes it turns out uh, sometimes people get attached to the smallest things. Uh, and if one of those smallest things changes, then people get really nuts. I one of the things I. I, I I actually had to answer some questions in a trial, uh, in a in a freaking class action lawsuit over um, uh, a game we worked on, where um, in a in an earlier uh, video of some pre-release content, there was this sequence of the of of the game where a character was going through this environment and there was like a blood splatter and cracked glass where a, another character smashed up against the glass and there's blood splatter and cracked glass and in the end the designer that worked on that area uh decided to remove the blood splatter because it occluded the view through the glass and he had an artistic reason for not wanting to block the vision, so he just let the other character smash into the glass and make the crack, but you could still see through the glass and see this beautiful uh, starscape uh, through it. Uh, some people on the Internet decided that the fact that the, this little blood splatter was removed was a travesty and evidence of all this horrible shit that we're terrible for, 
And, you know, and there's like a million little examples like that of little things that change like that um, or or even big things that change. Um, And I I, I was like actually having to answer questions for a frickin' trial about this. I'm like, dude, artists change stuff. Like, really? Like, come on. Like, you're going to look over the shoulder of Da Vinci when he's painting the Mona Lisa and then get mad at him when he adds some paint you didn't like? (laughs) Come on. Uh, so, so I want to. So, one of the things I learned from that is maybe, maybe, maybe we don't let people look at the painting while we're painting it, and we'll let mm. people look at it when we're done with it. Yeah. So, I know, I know, people want to watch how it's painted, but some people can't handle that because the process, the canvas starts blank and it ends up with something. And you know, there's people that have actually scanned uh, the Mona Lisa, like looked at it with. Uh, like x-rays and things and there were other paint like completely different images that he had kind of worked through different poses different kind of look Mm. like like it was like paint upon paint upon paint that ended up with that thing Uh, uh, and it's now the most famous painting in um, in the world uh, in the Louvre maybe the second or it might be the second most famous painting I think the most famous might be probably I don't know if the Sistine Chapel counts. Uh, no, that's a good one, but here's what I think it is. I think it's the George Washington that's on our dollar bill. Oh. That, because that's on our dollar bill, but that was a painting. Have you ever seen the original? I have not. Check it out. This will blow your mind. There, if you look at the entire canvas of the original, it's about 75% empty. And I don't know what happened. I don't know why the artist decided not to finish the painting. But maybe he only had so much time and maybe the artist decided to focus on the twinkle in George's eye. And maybe that decision was a good decision because that's why the part of that <laughs> painting, the part of that's just his face, that's what is now on our dollar bill. And it probably is the most seen piece of art in the history of the world. And, wow. and, and if we held that artist to the standard of, no, you have to fill the canvas, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you started with, whatever idea you started with, if you don't do it exactly that as you go through, then you're a failure. Well, you know, hmm. artists, artists make decisions along the way. And that artist decided to focus on George's on face the and the twinkle in his eye. <laughs> go, go look it up. Look at the original Focus painting. on the twinkle. It's, it's if there's anything incredible. we can take away yeah. <laughs> from this, <laughs> focus on the twinkle. So I don't know if that... <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question or not, but uh, I appreciate your call. And uh, is there anything else you want to chat about before you go? What what other kind of games do you like? Uh, You know what? I'm big on uh, Call of Duty World War II, but I'm not going to lie. My all-time favorite game, love Borderlands. Borderlands is the best. Heck yeah! I'm a fan of yours now. Thanks for saying that. So, hey, I haven't played Call of Duty World War II yet. What do you think? Are you playing uh, multiplayer or are you playing the campaign? You know what? I'm doing a little bit of camp- doing a little bit of everything. Campaign is really, really good. Really cool, oh, cool. awesome. I'm excited. I love the subject matter. You know, I, I created a franchise um, back in the day called Brothers in Arms, which was, uh, you know, our our ambition was to be the most authentic okay. uh, in the World War II genre, and um, I think we succeeded at that. And I really am looking forward to seeing what what those guys um, on the Call of Duty team did with the subject matter because it's been a while since they've been there and uh, I love the subject so I'm, it's one of the things I plan to get through in the next probably play that one over Thanksgiving break that's, one yeah, I, that's yeah. my plan Goodness. have you finished the campaign yet? Uh, you know I haven't yet I'm still uh, on about the 6th or 7th mission right now but it's really good how many, mi- how many missions are there? Like, how, many, how many hours do you think it'll take if you had to guess at your current base? Uh, I don't know I'm doing it on veteran right now it took me about 
eight, nine hours to get about halfway through, so it's probably okay. a good 16, 17 hours. That's not bad. Veteran's one of the harder skill levels, though, right? Nice. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, you're you're awesome. Then you're you're going for it. You're you're a real gamer. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Cool. Right on. Well, thanks for your call, Liam. Um, thanks for talking, right, no and uh, maybe we'll catch you some other time. I'm gonna let you go. Yep. All right. Thanks, Liam. Thank right. right on. All well, right. I think it's uh, it's about six o'clock. Yeah, it's about yeah. that time for some Hadouken beef. Oh yeah. <laughs> as soon as you started describing it, now I'm like, okay, what time? I'll is hook it? you up. I'll hook you up with some Hadouken beef. It's really really good. And you can do it without the um, Hadouken sauce if that's too spicy for you. You don't have to. You don't have to dip it in the sauce. Okay. It does have a bit of a bite, but that's part of its charm. It's got to have punch. Bam! It wouldn't be Hadouken uh, without the punch. There you go. That's right. Right on. So, Alisa, <laughs> anything else you want to cover before we sign off? Oh, I'm I'm good. I think I think we learned a lot. I'm I'm, I'm very grateful for folks uh, like uh, like Natsume uh, holding it down for for the folks in the Twitch chat. Um, you know, we'll definitely figure out ways to maybe potentially get more people um, from outside the U.S. to to, to call in. Okay. Um, so that we can open up to, to a wide variety of people. But hey, Natsume, if you want to, you know, end up just being Twitch rep <laughs> <laughs> for future shows, go ahead and do that. Right um, but no, I'm, I'm I'm really really grateful for the folks that decided to call in and I think we we also learned a lot about just kind of the process of things and how things are a lot more complicated than you know than we as consumers you know just oh, sort I of see. seeing flashy I things. I thought you were talking about like us learning how to do a podcast. No! Like I feel like well, I mean, as an too. inaugural show I feel that like too. we learned a lot here. I can't wait to, for we us to put some lot. notes together. Um, I think we should do this again. Are uh, you, you down coming back next week? Should we yeah. do it again? I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'll be free. <laughs> I might be Let's free. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. And uh, and eventually, uh, maybe we can swap out some hosts, swap out some co-hosts, and get some other other interesting people to talk about nerd stuff with yeah. everybody. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Well, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this with me. Of course. And thank you guys for watching. If you en- enjoyed the uh, podcast, uh, come back again. We'll be doing it live on Sunday from at Nerdvana. If you happen to live anywhere in Dallas or North Dallas and you want to hang out with us, we're going to go to at Nerdvana, uh, at Nerdvana Food Plus Spirits. And I'm yes. going gonna, gonna to have dinner. We're going to have dinner right now. And if you happen to be in the area and you want to come by and say hi, uh, introduce yourself. Say hi. Maybe I'll show you a magic trick. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and uh, tune in next week. And thanks for watching, everybody. Awesome. And uh, thanks so much to Joe, our screener, holding yes, it thank down. thank you, Joe. Uh, and thanks you so much to Evan on tech. Thank you, Evan. <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe's been screening good. calls, and Evan's, I guess what you say, you say in the booth, like handling, uh, <laughs> handling the, booth. the video and the sound and all that for us. <laughs> Evan so. on the ones and twos. <laughs> and, and throwing things. <laughs> At us, awesome. and, and of course, thanks to Meredith on social, oh, uh, yes. and and of course everybody on Twitch and YouTube watching. Thank at you guys home. for watching. Thanks Cheers. so much, everybody. Bye. Bye.